It is time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity and joins us now. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are those markets doing? Well, markets are in the green this morning after kind of a red start to the week. And there was some stronger economic data. And also there's a lot of anticipation uh, regarding the Fed meeting that's going to be, uh, well, their interest rate decision is going to be announced at 11 a.m. today. Uh, and of course, and they're going to have their, their talk at 1130. And it'll be interesting to see what they have to say. I mean, the markets are really pricing in a 99% chance that the Fed's going to hold interest rates steady at 5.5%. Um, you know, I mean, the, the kind of the question is, is, um, you know, are they going to increase one more time, uh, possibly in their November meeting, or, or are they done? And, you know, that's going to kind of be where, where markets go, in, in my opinion. You know, I mean, markets have been very focused on what the Fed is doing, uh, interest rates and inflation, and, uh, and that's what we're looking at. And then you saw, of course, in Canada, inflation came in higher than expected, uh, you know, which I'm sure you guys commented on mm -hmm. as well. And, you know, inflation edged up uh, to 4% for the month of August from 3.3% in the previous month. And a lot of that, though, has to do with gas prices, right? Sammy, I'm sure that you're seeing it at, uh, at the gas stations when you're filling up your car, unless you have a Tesla, of course. Um, you know, that uh, gas prices have a, a significant um, effect on inflation. And, you know, that's why we've seen inflation really come down from the peak, too, is because gas prices ca came way down for, for a certain amount of time. Uh, and then, of course, in the last couple of months, we've seen it rise again. And so some some believe the Bank of Canada is going to look past us and also pause on rates. Um, it might be too early to, to tell. When we look at core inflation in Canada, which excludes volatile food and energy prices, ticked up only 0.1%, like to 3.3 from 3.2% a month earlier. Um, and then there's, of course, food inflation. And you see that um, Canadian politicians are now putting pressure onto Canadian grocery retailers to really stabilize prices. And and uh, hopefully this happens. And, you know, because uh, I think that's one issue that we're seeing is that food prices are just being, are, are staying stubbornly high. And I, I think that's one place that's really affecting all Canadians. And so where gas prices, you know, central banks don't have as much control over that, uh, where food prices, um, you know, and they have called for a meeting with Loblaws, Metro, Empire, Walmart, and Costco uh, to really get a handle on why food prices are remaining as high as they have and uh, they're supposed to uh, come together before Thanksgiving to figure that out and so we'll, we'll see if that happens. Yeah do you think that even that pressure just like talking about it as well will make make a difference because I think Canadians are, are very frustrated with what they see happening at the grocery store. Yeah, I, I do think we'll have an impact, um, you know, and we, we own some of the grocers in the portfolios and, you know, the conversation that we're having, you know, along with uh, there's been some labor strikes as well. And now with the idea that food prices could come down, uh, that could be possibly negative for uh, some of these grocers in terms of their stock prices. But, you know, as a Canadian, I mean, we need food prices to, um, to come down, right? Uh, it affects every family and, you know, whether they're being held artificially officially high is, is still to be seen or whether that would ever, you know, uh, be announced. I don't know, but I think there needs to be work to come together to reduce food prices overall uh, so that Canadians can afford their grocery bills. Okay. So we'll talk uh, more about that. Of course, as you said, lots of decisions that are coming uh, today. Normally the U S fed, like they, they've kind of followed in the footsteps or done what we see happening in Canada, haven't they? 
Um, no, not, like not the, always. When it comes um, to interest rates. Um, in terms of the Fed, no, they wouldn't look as much to Canada. Canada may look more towards the, the U.S. Um, but in terms of uh, earlier this year, I mean, you saw Canada pause on interest rates and possibly, you know, what we learned maybe a little too early um, and the U.S. kept going. So, you know, I think that central banks do look around the world at what other central banks are doing um, in other countries. But um, but I think they have to look at their own data. And there's been a lot of still strong economic data of the states. But remember how far and how fast they've raised rates, um, you know, historically is is unusual. And it takes some time for all these interest rate increases to really, uh, you know, infiltrate the economy. And so our belief is that they're going to pause. Um, you know, I think they're still going to pause in November. And I think we're very close to uh, that being it. And, um, you know, what's going to be important is how long all these central banks keep rates high. Um, we've heard some discussion of, you know, holding rates higher for longer. But then there's also that flip side discussion about reducing rates possibly by mid next year. And I know that a lot of Canadians would would welcome, um, you know, a reduction in interest rates at some point in the next six to 12 months, because a lot of people have to renew their mortgages. Uh, people are getting frustrated with their lines of credit. We're going to talk about um, having a financial advisor, which many people do. But how do you know when you have like a good financial advisor or when you might not have a good financial advisor? Yeah, you know, I think having um, a financial advisor that's, you know, subpar is is, you know, important to notice. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of great financial advisors out there, uh, advisors that are providing all the services people need. But I think there's some kind of warning signs that investors should be looking at. And, uh, you know, I mean, we see a lot of people's, you know, statements come across our desk, people call from the radio. Uh, we're talking to people about their experience. And so, you know, I have a lot to comment on in, in this space for sure. Um, you know, I think one is a lack of transparency. A lot of um, investors don't know what they're paying, don't know what the strategy is, never been explained to them in an easy-to-understand way. Um, you know, and, and what you want to make sure is that uh, it's it's clear before you even sign on with a financial advisor. You should know the fees that you're paying that you see and the fees that are possibly are embedded in funds and so on. I think that's a, that's a big one. And lack of communication to me is, is another huge one. A lot of people don't even leave their financial advisor because of performance, but because of lack of communication or, or understanding of the person or, um, you know, that relationship just isn't a good fit anymore is what we've seen, you know, when people are coming over to us. And, you know, that lack of communication could be, you know, no annual reviews or, um, you know, no no communication from the office in, in general about markets, you know. I mean, you know, for us, I mean, we've got a big team that's able to communicate with, with clients and also, you know, we send a weekly market come or we're doing the radio. There's lots of ways people can find out, you know, what our thoughts and feelings are about markets or even conference calls when markets are, are coming down. And so you want to make sure you're having that communication. And, and also there's advisors out there that maybe only provide kind of one solution to clients. And this is what we've seen recently, actually, with the, with a new client is that they have most of their portfolio only in one fund. And that fund was across every single portfolio. <clears throat> That's not really providing diversification. Again, I've talked about over-diversification where people have too many funds or portfolios, but in the case where you only have got one, um, you know, and, and one, one uh, portfolio throughout all the, all the accounts that you have, 
have or you and your spouse, to me, that's just not diversified. And then the lack of activity we saw as well, right? You kind of set it and forget it. Here's one fun. See you later. You know, what are you really paying for, you know, in in that uh, regard? And so, and then missing services, right? People need financial and estate planning. I can't tell you how often these topics come up more than the stock market, more than the portfolio. You know, people want to know, can they, you know, give money to their children? How do I pass on money uh, to my children and grandchildren with less tax? You know, these are questions that people have. And so this is, you know, if you're not receiving a lot of these kind of services, you should be asking your financial advisor whether they provide them or the firm does. Um, And if that's what you need and, you, you know, you're not getting it, then maybe you should be looking around. Okay, we need to ask ourselves, like, what kind of advisor am I looking for? What kind of a relationship do I want? Exactly. I mean, there's financial advisors out there and there's portfolio managers that makes a big difference. Advisors are where, you know, they're uh, you're calling you to buy and sell on every transaction that a lot of people, especially in retirement, maybe don't want that because they want to enjoy retirement and don't want to think about every transaction. Um, portfolio managers are able to trade for you on a daily basis and, you know, act in a discretionary manner for you and make those decisions. And those traits that you're really looking for in an advisor, in my opinion, are, you know, someone you can trust. Uh, transparent about fees, proactive about advice, responsiveness, they're getting back to you, uh, and an emphasis on, on people, not products. So they should be learning about you, your goals, your concerns. Understanding your family dynamic is a really big one as well, that we take a lot of time um, on our team to really learn about the people we're dealing with. As I said, you can't manage someone's money if you don't know who they are. All right, well, Lori, thank you so much for that advice this morning. Thanks so much, Simi. Have a great day. You too. That is Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a senior portfolio manager at Canaccord Genuity. And you can contact her team directly, actually. It's 604-695-LORI, or you can check out their website at pinkowski.ca.